On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're diving into, is SGA going to be the next face of the NBA? Is there a fix to All-Star Weekend and more? You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member and beat writer for InsideTheThunder.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Pod. Subscribe to Lockdown Thunder anywhere that you get your podcasts from, including on YouTube. And whenever you do, make sure you leave a like and a comment and a review as well. So we're back Every single day, talking Thunder basketball, made the drive to Indy uh, on Thursday, came back on Monday, and now we're back on the show on Wednesday. Of course, we're going to have a pod on Saturday to recap uh, that Wizards game, and then, of course, we'll have another pod um, to make up for the absence on on Monday from the drive as well this week. So we're going to make those two pods up and uh, be here every single day, so subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from, including during the All-Star break and also uh, in the off season, so subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from. We're going to be here for you today. Let's talk about the All Star Weekend. Uh, I was lucky enough to be there. Let's talk about SGA potentially being the next face of the NBA. Let's start there. You know, SGA has continuously improved since being traded to Oklahoma City. Uh, he's continuously improved throughout his NBA career, um, and now he's at a point where he's legitimately in the MVP conversation. He finished top five last year. This year, uh, he he's most recently you know landed himself second in the ESPN Straw Poll, which has been a really good indicator of predicting um, MVPs. Of course, the last couple of years, uh, the player second at All Star Break has won the award, so that's good for for uh, SGA uh, in in the sense of if you believe in that sort of uh, history. But nonetheless. SGA is without a shadow of a doubt a superstar, a two-time all-star, all-star starter. He is a all-NBA first team guy. Uh, he's a 30-point per game scorer, and he gets it done on both ends of the floor. And so Tim Bomtemps was asking everyone at All-Star Weekend who is going to be the next face of the NBA, asked you know, LeBron and Adam Silver, all the way down to just everyone uh, that was at the event. And so uh, I was able to catch up with him a little bit at All-Star Weekend, and he's kind of you know, envisioning the NBA trying to um, maybe shift the, the face of the league to maybe Victor Wembanyama, which of course is a very popular answer. Uh, but throughout this, you know, you saw LeBron and Steph Curry and other players uh, give a lot of credit to SGA. And LeBron actually said on the TNT set uh, that you know SGA and Ian Edwards, those are, those are two young guys who he looks at as guys who are past the torch players. And so for the current face of the NBA and arguably the best player to ever play in the NBA, we're not going to get into a Jordan LeBron debate here, but um, you know, it is not a, uh, you know, a hyperbolic statement to say he's the best player to ever, to ever play for him to crown SGA as one of those kind of guys uh, really makes this a legitimate conversation. And when you really evaluate it, I think that SGA has a much greater chance to be the next face of the NBA than what people uh, maybe think right this moment. He's going to be a 30-point-per-game scorer. 
He gets it done on both ends of the floor. Like he he is the best two way player right now in the NBA. He is the best player uh, who has the, you know the, the skill set and the ability to lead an offense and lead an organization while also uh, playing at such a high level defensively. Leads the NBA in steals per game right now, um, and just does a lot for his team to succeed on the defensive end. So when you look at SGA and the potential of him being the face of the NBA, it's multi-layered, right? Nikola Jokic, I think, is the best player in the NBA. I don't think that many people are going to uh, dispute that. But he doesn't have the layer of, one, wanting to be the face of the NBA. He doesn't have the layer of, two, being someone who is marketable enough to be the face of the NBA, which ties back to like not wanting to, not wanting to be um, in the NBA. I don't buy into this whole, like, he doesn't care about basketball as a sport. I don't think that that can ever be true uh, for a player to be as good as he is and not care. I think that he cares tremendously about his work. He just doesn't care about what comes with it, of the fame and the and the status symbols that come with it. He cares about what comes with it on the court of championships, of dominating, of MVPs. I don't think that he cares about the other stuff. Uh, so that kind of takes him, he takes himself out of the running in that way for the face of the NBA. But when you look at SGA, he cares tremendously about basketball. Um, you know, you can just see it in the way that he talks and expresses himself. Uh, you know, whenever he's talking about the game, you can see the production on the court. But then he also cares, you know, from this side, looking like looking from the outside, looking in, he also cares about continuing the conversation of the game with the younger generations and with, um, you know, kind of just bridging the gap between the fans and the players and, and helping the league grow as a sport. He's on Instagram after every win, nearly, with some you know great caption that 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 uh, is at least noteworthy, right? He, that is a step that he doesn't have to take. Now it's in large part for his own brand, but also uh, it gets more eyeballs on on SGA as a as a player and, and and more eyeballs on the NBA because of it. You know, you look at what he does, um, you know, just in fashion too. You know, you're going to see even Kelly Oubre had had people who didn't care about basketball liking. Kelly Oubre because he wore Supreme shooting sleeves and like he, he cared about fashion and cared about that world. So then they cared about him as well. So SGA has his hands in all these pots off the court that um, I think that he can handle being the face of the NBA because he handles his business on the court and he is open and willing to do the work off the court as well. He's willing to um, put himself out there on social media. He's willing to uh, work with brands and, and and be the face of marketing campaigns like with Converse and, uh, Canada, and uh, Canada Goose and all these other uh, places. So I think that SGA has what it takes to be the next face of the NBA. Now that's going to be something that, as he put it, you know, that the media is going to decide and that fans are going to decide and not that players are going to decide. But when you start to really look at who's good enough to be in that conversation and who's willing to be in that conversation, the list gets pretty narrow. Now it's not going to be a one to one. The, the NBA has been on a great run uh, uh, of having you know Bird and Magic, and then having MJ, then having LeBron, having Kobe, then LeBron. Like it's not going to. You know, I don't think that any player in this league is going to to pass the torch to them the way that those guys did, and it's going to instantly be one of the all time greats uh, in the sense of you know one of one type of guys like MJ and LeBron were, uh, and LeBron of course still playing. But with SGA, he might not be top five all time when it's all said and done, but he'll be the best player to ever play from Canada when he, when it's all said and done. And if he continues on this pace, he'll certainly, uh, you know, be 
in that conversation of one of the greats to play this game. Plus we mentioned what he does off the court. So all that mixed together, I think that SGA does have a shot as LeBron did say, and Steph did say uh, to be uh, the face of the NBA. And what does that mean is you're sitting in Oklahoma city right now and you've had a franchise for 15 minutes in this case, 15 years. uh, But in the grand scope of the NBA, it's been a 15 minute cup of coffee run. And in that run, you've been one of the most winning franchises in the NBA You've watched countless Hall of Famers cross through, uh, you know, the Paycom Center, and they're not just Hall of Famers, they're not just good players, but like they're legitimate stars. It's Kevin Durant, it's Russell Westbrook, it's Paul George, it's Carmelo Anthony, it's it's SGA, it's James Harden, it's all these guys who've who've walked through uh, this kind of uh, path with Oklahoma City, and they've put themselves on the map globally in a market like Oklahoma City. I think that the fact that you can see a player like SGA, and you've seen it before, get this kind of conversation, get this kind of talk right here in a quote-unquote small market does matter for a franchise who's doing everything the right way in the sense of behind the scenes. Like They have great relationships with um, agencies and with players and with former players. It can all add up to eventually um, creating this environment of, they already have a winning environment, but creating this environment of, players wanting to play here and players wanting to stay here and players wanting to go uh, win championships. Cause whenever you have the best player in the world or the face of the NBA, that naturally draws in, uh, you know, players from the league wanting to sign up to play with them. And if you have that player in your building, that's always a good thing. And right now you look at SGA and I do think that he can be one of the premier faces, if not the premier face of the NBA, because he's just willing to, and he's good enough to be in that conversation. Now, of course, uh, others will be too. Luca's going to be there. Um, you know, Tatum's going to be there. These players are going to be there, but SGA, I think is the best position player on and off the court because on the court, you can argue where he stacks up against Luca and stacks, stacks up against guys like Jokic, but he is way better positioned off the court than Tatum. And then those guys, uh, because of what he's already building for himself personally, but I think you mix those two together and you're going to see a guy who's going to be um, part of that grouping of guys that the NBA turns to once LeBron James eventually is done uh, to help to help promote the NBA, frankly, and help be one of the guys who who um, pushes this league forward. And I, I don't think that it'll be uh, all on one person once LeBron James is done. They've been on a magical run of it being uh, namely like single guys who are the main drivers. I don't think it'll be that case, you know, whenever LeBron's done, but Le- but SGA will certainly be one of the top guys that the league turns to and should turn to because he's very, very, very good on the court. He's very, very good for the league off the court as well. And I think that this postseason will do a huge number on SGA elevating his star power because you've already seen it happen, you know, in these first 50-something games, which the majority of them haven't been on national television. The majority of them, uh, you know, have not been uh, stop what you're doing and watch these games the way that the postseason will be. Uh, and so with the Thunder, uh, you know, in prime position to host their first playoff series um, in, in quite some time and the chance that SGA can get them out of the first round for the first time since Kevin Durant played in Oklahoma City, you mix that together and you can see a huge ascension in popularity for an already very popular player all-star starter, you know, MVP caliber guy in SGA. And right now I think that SGA is the MVP of this league if the season were to end today. So we'll see. It, it, it's it's great to see that, that other stars around the NBA, like a Steph, like a LeBron, 
consider SGA in that in that conversation for the next face of the NBA. But let's talk All-Star Weekend. How did it go and who showed out? But first, I want to say right now, but our friends over at FanDuel. Folks, FanDuel's great. You can go check them out today at FanDuel.com. When you do, uh, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets for winning any $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. So check it out today. If you win that $5 uh, bet, you can get $150 in bonus bets on quick bets, same game parlays, uh, exclusive props, and more. Go there right now to FanDuel.com slash locked. On. Of course, you can bet on everything from college basketball to the NHL uh, to the NBA as it returns on Thursday, but you can also bet on future bets. And so what those are, of course, is like, uh, for example, J-Dub is 16 to 1 odds to win most improved player. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, the favorite to win that award, but J-Dub is top five in odds to win the most improved player award. You can bet on that at Fandle.com slash locked on. That's Fandle.com slash locked on. Go there right now today. Also, check out LinkedIn. LinkedIn's great, and, and it's going to be tailor-made for you as a small business owner because what it helps you do is get those qualified candidates faster and help you fill those positions because we know that you know, as a small business owner, you have so many responsibilities, so many hats that you're wearing that you just need to create advantages for yourself whenever you can. And that's where LinkedIn is at with their awesome job board that has a vast network of billions of, of professionals, which are there to help you get the best place uh, to hire with access to professionals you can find that you cannot find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all of that for you while making the process easy and, and intuitive. So hiring is easy whenever you have the most qualified candidates, which you do at LinkedIn. That fact alone makes 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. Within 24 hours, you get your candidates. So check it out today at LinkedIn. Go there right now because LinkedIn knows that small businesses need help in this area and they can help you do that, making the process easier, making it faster, and getting your small business that edge that you're going to want. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn jobs for their hiring right now. So go post your job for free at linkedinjobs.com slash LockedInMBA. That's LinkedIn jobs uh, right now. Go there for free at linkedin.com slash LockedInMBA. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA, LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder Basketball. Make sure you check us out. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from, including on YouTube. Leave a like, comment, and review as well. Folks, we're going to do a mailbag podcast. A mailbag podcast is coming out for you. Uh, on the next episode, so make sure you subscribe, but also leave a comment of a question you want to be answered uh, as the Thunder start their season back up on Thursday. Now let's talk NBA All-Star. I was fortunate enough to get to go cover All-Star Weekend, uh, drove to Indiana. By the way, Missouri drivers, once you cross over to Missouri, they're a little too aggressive on the on the Missouri roads. Did not particularly care for the Missouri drivers. Everything else was fantastic. Uh, now, All-Star Weekend. Number one, it snowed. It was cold. It doesn't matter. Like, the, do not let the national media fool you. Of like, oh, poor pitiful us. You know, it should be in Miami. It should be in LA. It should be in San Francisco every single year. Oh, this is just horrible. 
the cry out for help was pathetic from the national media. You know what we all did at All-Star Weekend, folks, as a peek behind the curtain? We all went there. For the majority of the people complaining, 99.999% of the people complaining, it was an all-expense-paid trip which the NBA opens up a free bar for you to go to after every event, uh, you know, to have free meals and, and drinks and everything else you could want, and it snowed. You're there to serve fans and watch basketball for free and have all these other free amenities, and it snowed. And so that's the big complaint. Give me a break. Give me a break. The job and the perks... Don't change, no matter if it was snowing or if it was 70 degrees outside and sunny, and 99.99999% of the media did not drive a car at all uh, or have to bear the snow at all besides walking to these events. And again, so what? So what? It was still a fun night. It was still a fun weekend. And markets like Indiana, regardless of snow, deserve to have opportunities to host events like this. They waited 40 years to host events like this, and all they get to hear about is how cold and snowy it was and how the All-Star Weekend sucked. That's all they get to hear about after 40 years. Instead, we're not talking about how, and how you know, markets like Indiana should never host these events ever again because it, you know at least we'll be in L.A. next year and San Fran ne next year, and it won't be as cold and boring. In reality, the majority of this league is built on markets that are like Indiana that are small markets like Indiana. And it was the same thing last year uh, in Salt Lake City that I went to. Like all the complaints were about how cold it was and everything else. It doesn't matter the weather outside. The majority of your league is like this during the NBA season. And our market size is like Indiana, like Salt Lake City. And to tell them that flat out they don't matter even enough to, to, to host an exhibition weekend is ridiculous. And it, they also, you know, these weekends also are way more than just the basketball you see on TNT. It is so much foot traffic to these communities. It is so much, you know, of an economic boost to these communities for that weekend. I mean, like you are doing so much for these markets in these weekends that they shouldn't do it with the All-Star Game. They shouldn't make the All-Star Games in one location every single year. Everything should be fine and should stay the same, except players should just play more inspired basketball. What a just tough circumstance that we have to go through that the media shouldn't complain about weather and the players should play basketball uh, at a somewhat inspired level. I'm not saying go out there and pull your shorts up and slap the floor and play like it's the 1986 finals. I'm saying go out there and maybe let's not shoot you know, a, a three-fourths court shot, right? Maybe let's not go out there and just walk, watch as, as your opponent waltzes to the rim unperturbed and untouched. But at the same time, you know, you know what you're signing up for. So it's so there is a fine balance there. Yes, the players could have done a better job of caring. But you know, it should have been you know 211 to 186. That is that is an absolute factual statement. But you also know that you're signing up for an exhibition basketball game where it's going to just be chaos. And this also isn't really an event built for us. If you're listening to this podcast right now in the dead of the all-star break, it's because you love basketball. 
It's because you subscribe to a daily basketball podcast where we talk about the sport year round, daily, even in the off season, and we get into the weeds of this stuff. It wasn't built for us. But it was, but take yourself back to whenever you were a kid watching the All Star Game, and when you were a kid watching, you know, All Star Weekend. They weren't playing better defense in the All Star Game back then. As much as you want to fondly remember that, it was just cool to see these larger-than-life players playing together and having fun for one night out of the year. So I'm sorry that you didn't get your 70-degree weather and screen switching, but it doesn't deserve this 15-day diatribe about how awful everything is. It was a fun weekend. Indiana was a fun city. The weekend itself was fun. I don't care that Matt McClellan doesn't have an NBA contract. That was a very fun dunk contest. Yes, even Jalen Brown's dunks were fun. Now, should should Jacob Toppin have made the final round? I think they should have, but that's just what I think about the event. Steph versus Sabrina was incredibly fun. The three-point contest was always awesome. The Rising Stars game was great. The weekend was a fun weekend. Of course, the players have to just fix whatever's going on on Sundays. Because you have this great weekend lead up to a Sunday where that takes over and 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 controls the conversation. Again, you don't have to play just spectacular defense, but you have to fake it, right? You have to look like you know you are giving some ounce of effort. I think that the score resetting and going to the knee ending uh, should have stayed. I don't mind not going to the you know draft format. Like I don't mind going away from the draft format. Um, but the East versus West thing, <laughs> you look on paper, the East was way at a disadvantage to the West, and they blew the West out. So like the 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 bottom line is the talent level, whether you draft the teams or put them up by conference, it's going to be about the same. You know <laughs> of of what the teams look like. 99% of the time, if especially if they're going to play like that on Sundays. But but I think that the Elamendi could help just make things more competitive. Um, I think that just flatly doing your job w- w- would help a lot more. I'm just going through the motions even of, of just looking like you're you're even somewhat at all uh, engaged in it. Now, for the Thunder, All-Star Weekend was a lot of fun. You had, you had Chet's windmill dunk. You had some great press conference moments from Casey Wallace even and, and J-Dub and, and Chet and SGA. Uh, you watch his SGA dropped a career high in all-star games and put up the same stats he puts up in any other game, 30-something points, five assists, you know, four rebounds, something to that effect uh, in the all-star game. That was great to see from SGA because he was the second-leading scorer for the for the West. And uh, for all the talk last year about how his game doesn't translate to the all-star game and, and how all he does is get free throws this year and everything else, uh, it was good to see him kind of still perform at that level. At the All-Star game, he had a self-alley-oop, which he did tell me that he credits to Chet Holmgren. So shout out to Chet for uh, for letting him pull that out of his bag on Sunday. But the All-Star weekend was really fun. And whenever you take it in as just trying to be fun, it is much easier to kind of observe in a funny, in a fun, in a more entertaining way. I, I think that the players should do better, but also the conversation should be better around what's happening and what you're saying. It's supposed to just be a lighthearted event. So we can get into the weeds of fixing the all-star game and um, changing the formats and changing the dates of the all-star game and everything else. 
But I guarantee you that you pull the younger fans, which is you, you, you think of your favorite all-star game and your favorite all-star weekend. You likely were going to be in middle school, you know, and probably elementary school, you know, probably even before middle school of your favorite ever all-star weekends. You go and pick whatever, whatever, you know, all-star game is your favorite and put yourself back at that age and go ask that same aged person right now, if they enjoyed all-star weekend, they're going to say yes. That same aged basketball fan would have loved this event. They would they love seeing Dame shoot shoot half court shots. They love seeing SGA pull out the self alley oop. They love seeing what we're seeing right now. They don't they don't you know need it to be some uh, game for your life. It's an exhibition game. It shouldn't decide home court in the NBA Finals. It shouldn't uh, you know be you know more incentivized financially. It shouldn't be any of that. It's an exhibition game with some of the most you know, and, and best collection of talents that you're going to see all in one place, and it's a chance to kind of get, get to see them all be more uh, themselves. You know, I think that again, as I said last week, you know, the, one of the best things about All Star Weekend happens not on, on not, not on a basketball floor. It happens getting to talk to these players and the videos that come out of just them being more relaxed. It's it's largely the same local media that they deal with every single day, but but in this setting, for whatever reason, they just feel more comfortable uh, and, and and give some great answers and some lighthearted answers and express themselves, uh, which is great to give them that platform to do that. Like those are the things that matter from All Star Weekend, not the final score. I will give you a million dollars if, without googling, you can tell me the final score of the 2015 All Star Game. Like that stuff doesn't matter. But you can remember moments. You can remember moments from games in the All-Star game that still resonate with you. The All-Star game is fine. The cities that they pick for the All-Star games are fine. And hopefully, one day, people will be complaining about coming to Oklahoma City for an All-Star game once you get more hotels and and, and once you get the new arena. But uh, nonetheless, I, I think that is a huge disservice to uh, NBA fans, again, who are largely all in the same boat market size-wise to just continuously uh, kind of crap on Salt Lake City and on Indianapolis and on these non-flashy uh, big cities uh, for having all-star events like this. Uh, every every market deserves the chance to host these type of things. And hopefully one day again, we'll be OKC uh, in, uh, in a few years once the arena is built and everything else is up to date. Now, we did learn something though at All-Star Weekend, about the second half of this Thunder season. Let's talk about what that is coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now, but good friends over at eBay Motors, check them out today at eBay Motors. With passion, drive, and patience, what uh, helps you bring home the win is eBay Motors to keep your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has what you want and has you covered with over 122 million parts to choose from. Your number one ride or die is there for you. They get you exactly what you're looking for with the eBay Guaranteed Fit. Uh, make sure you go there right now because with the eBay Motors Guaranteed Fit, you're going to be uh, have the right fit for your ride every time or your money back. You're going to be burning rubber, not cash, with eBay Motors. Check it out today at ebaymotors.com to keep your ride or die alive. Exclusions to apply. Eligible items only at eBay Motors. It's a guaranteed fit, uh, only available for U.S. customers. It's the eBay Motors guaranteed fit to keep your ride or die alive. 
We're back on Lockdown Thunder Podcast and on Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Now, on top of learning that SGA <laughs> got the uh, self-alley-oop from Chet, there's also a constant theme that ran through All-Star Weekend. And that constant theme was from Kaysen to J-Dub retweeting and liking it to SGA Jobs not finished was their big mantra about when they were looking forward to the second half of the year, when they were looking forward to returning to Oklahoma City and getting back on the traditional you know, routine and grind of an NBA season. They each said jobs not finished. And SGA went to detail about how you know, they didn't dream of being, you know, 30, 37 and 17. They didn't dream of being in the conversation for the one seed or the two seed. They had much bigger dreams and goals for this team and for this organization, uh, for this team. So the reason I take so much credence in, you know, the fact that this is a constant message is look at the previous, you know, messages that they've rallied around. They've talked from the word go from this season about their uncommon maturity level. And at each turn, you've seen them truly be uncommon in that department, truly be a mature basketball team and, and win close games and win big games and win uh, in, in, in big spots. Jobs not finished. You know, this giving this team even more motivation for that second half of the year is going to be fascinating to see how they kind of handle the fact that, as Jadab said on JD Reddick's podcast, they've gone from, uh, you know, the hunters to the huntees uh, in this season. Right now, as we talked about on, on the podcast earlier with, with Michael Martin and others, the expectations have changed for this Thunder team. They're not supposed to go in a championship. They're not supposed to go to the Western Conference Finals. But I think that a good goal and expectation of this team is to host a playoff series. Like that being the goal, even if you would have said that back on August 1st, would have been insane to say. And like you would have been viewed as a as a homer or having too high of, of lofty goals for this team. But it's very much legitimate and real now sitting here today. Because you have a, a four and a half game cushion of the top four seeds. And all you have to do is kind of nurse that the rest of the way. And I don't think that they're just going to sit here and limp their way through the last 28 games. I think that they're going to continue to get better, continue to win games, and continue to grow. And the, I think that they can finish you know, closer to the one seed than the five seed in this season. But that's a good first goal. You've hit the break. You've had time off. Other teams have had time to get their bearings about them. Other teams have had time to um, adjust how to play you and adjust how to uh, handle you mentally, like taking you more seriously and everything else. And the other teams have heard the constant praise from this season for the Thunder team. They're, of course, going to be hunting the Thunder, if you want to put it in those terms. So this young team fighting that that off and, and, and keeping themselves in position to host a playoff series, I think would be a huge notch in their belt. Then you get to the postseason and you look around, and there's not a team in the Western Conference, for as stacked as it is, that I think that the Thunder have no chance of beating. There's zero chance of them winning that series. That hasn't always been the case you know, in the NBA, and, and, and that hasn't always been the case uh, for this Thunder team, you know, this organization. So you get into the dance. I think that they can win a playoff series, and then from there, Anything's possible, especially whenever you have who I think will be the MVP of the league in SGA. But the but the 
conversation around this team being that the job's not finished, plus how much they have to work toward. They're still working toward that top seed. They're working toward integrating uh, Gordon Hayward into this team who can really help them and, and be a pivotal player for them in their rotation. So that adds another element of keeping the season fresh. You know, it's their first time going through this, so it's the young team that wants to continue to stack wins and continue. To, and they're not going to be bored by the regular season or get bored by the grind of it. So the jobs not finished mantra really stuck out, and we'll see how it how it translates for the last twenty eight games. I, I think that you're also looking for, and we'll talk about this more on tomorrow's show, uh, especially with your mailbag questions. I'm sure is you're relying on a lot of young guys. Uh, you know, specifically, let's look at you know even Chet and Kaysen, for example. These are two guys who have not had to go through an entire 82-game season and 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 last that long playing basketball um, in the sense of just being so mentally locked in. You know, no, other, no other sport, uh, you know, another league in this sport is 82 games long. Uh, at high school level, AAU level, uh, college level, you know, none of them compare in games played. How do they handle it? That's why rookie wall is such a thing. That's why the rookie wall is like a, just a commonly referred to term. That's going to be a big deal too, like how they handle that. Uh, I think that with this center team, the jobs that finish mantra is something to, to continue to rally around and to um, follow along with. How do they start out of the break? Rest first, rest, and you know the, the schedule. You know you look at it and you have the Rockets a couple times, but you also have the Clippers on Thursday, uh, who's who's playing great basketball. The bottom line is this Thunder season is an instant success, uh, and the and as the expectations have ranched it up. Uh, it's going to continue to feel dire, but take a step back at the All Star break and list out all the things that have happened. SGA in the MVP conversation, the Thunder in the driver's seat for home court advantage. Uh, they're, they're within a game and a half of the first seed in the West. They're on pace to win like 50, 55, 60 games. Uh, you know, J-Dub's proven to be a number two guy. Chet's, you know, in the conversation for rookie of the year, but he's he's also shown that he can actually anchor a defense and can uh, really translate his game to the NBA level. Uh, you look at all the things that have happened. Casey Wallace looks like a very, very uh, good basketball player and, and, and can be a guy who's eventually a starting level player in the NBA. Lou Dort's taken a huge step uh, efficiency-wise. You went out and got Gordon Hayward, who can really help your bench unit. You can continue to list out all these things. And if you'd have said them, again, on August 1st, how much would you think? How much of those things would have been realistic to you to, to say that, like Jada, for example, would solidify himself as a number two option in the NBA and has the ceiling to be uh, one of the one of the top premier scorers in this league uh, if he continues on this pathway, and is one of the best fourth quarter scorers in the scores in the NBA right now? Like that is just mind blowing uh, to be here. And last year, Jada played his best basketball after the All Star break, which is what we're rounding into right now. It's all great. It's all fun. Subscribe on Lockdown Thunder right now, anywhere you get your podcast from, uh, and we'll continue following along and tracking this team uh, throughout the season and throughout uh, this period here. Again, get your mailbag questions in for tomorrow's show. Also going to have, uh, I'm assuming, Thunder practice tomorrow. Uh, so you know, we're going to get some looks and, and sounds and sights from that as well. So thank you so much for listening. Subscribe anywhere. Get your podcast from, including on YouTube. Subscribe. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.